We're on a thousand planets and spreading out. Bay doors, hell. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. To the Batmoles. May the force be with you. Who is that masked man? Avengers, assemble. Good afternoon and welcome to the Fantastic Forum. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. We open the show as always with some genre-related news. Dune enjoyed a respectable opening in the North American market. The film earned $40 million playing in 4,125 theaters. It was also available for streaming via HBO Max, which likely decreased the theatrical total. The movie has taken in another $182 million overseas. On the strength of the current earnings, Part 2 was greenlit earlier this week. With no major new releases this weekend, Dune is expected to have another strong showing. The SpaceX Dragon Endurance is scheduled to lift off tomorrow morning with a crew of four bound for the International Space Station. This mission features a redesigned toilet system that should prevent minor urine leakage issues that have appeared in previous flights with the Dragon capsule. SpaceX has a contract with NASA to ferry astronauts to and from the ISS using the Dragon capsule and the Falcon 9 rocket. This will be the third operational mission flown by SpaceX. CNN reported earlier this week that Blue Origin is proposing construction of a commercial space station for hosting science experiments, manufacturing, and vacation getaways. Woo! company plans to work alongside startup Sierra Space to bring the space station Orbital Reef to fruition. Blue Origin describes the Orbital Reef station, which would be habitable for up to 10 people as a, I quote, mixed-use business park, unquote, in space, as well as capable of, quote, exotic hospitality, unquote, for space tourists. The proposed station is designed to have nearly as much, as much habitable volume as the International Space Station. With NASA planning to retire the International Space Station by the end of the decade, the Commercial LEO Destinations Program represents an effort to turn to private companies for new space stations, with the space agency expecting to save more than $1 billion annually as a result. Last week, another private space station was announced by a separate team of companies. Nanorax, Voyager Space, and Lockheed Martin are building a station called Starlab. Hmm, where have I heard that before? Which is designed to be crewed by up to four astronauts with about a third of the volume of the ISS. Starlab plans to be operational by 2027. New trailers dropped this week for Pixar's Lightyear. The Wheel of Time, based on the series of novels by Robert Jordan and Brandon Sanderson, and starring Rosamund Pike, and The Witcher. You can view all on one of the FF social media platforms, and while you're there, if you haven't already, follow us on Twitter and Instagram and like us on Facebook. We love to be liked, and we like to be followed. 
Lightyear opens in theaters, summer of 2022. The Wheel of Time debuts November 19th on Amazon, Amazon Prime. And The Witcher Season 2 premieres December 17th on Netflix. Some sad news this week as former actress Joanna Cameron passed away on October 22nd. Cameron was known to genre audiences for having portrayed superheroine Isis on the 70s Saturday morning TV. She was 73. And actress and singer Camille Saviola died on October 28th. She appeared in numerous films, television series, plays, and musicals, but was best known to genre audiences for having played Kai Opaka on Star Trek Deep Space Nine. She was 71. Today, we're talking about some of those stories to come out of DC Fandom earlier this month. But before I introduce our panel, here is the official spoiler-free review of Marvel Studios' Eternals, directed by Chloe Zhao. Ulysses Campbell for Fantastic Forum. Eternals, the latest movie from the popular culture powerhouse that is Marvel Studios, is a complicated picture. Based on the work of prolific comic creator Jack Kirby, this project cherry-picks not only from the original series, but substantially from subsequent work on the title from other creators, notably Neil Gaiman. This film is a significant departure from previous Marvel Cinematic Universe works. That's mostly a positive. While Marvel has established a successful formula for its projects, that formula has resulted in a certain similarity between its offerings. Eternal swerves into its own territory. It still connects to the rest of the MCU. The Eternals are powerful extraterrestrials who were brought to Earth centuries ago by omnipotent beings called the Celestials. The Celestials tasked the Eternals with protecting humans from creatures known as Deviants. But their mandate included the stipulation not to interfere with Earth history beyond defending against those specific enemies. The Eternals will return to their home planet, Olympia, when the Deviant threat is ended. The film picks up in modern day. The Eternals haven't seen a Deviant in centuries and have scattered across the globe, retreating into human disguises. They are compelled to gather again, following an attack on several of them by a Deviant in London. But can they reunite and unravel the mystery of the Deviant's sudden return in time to save Earth from destruction? Part of what makes this a complicated movie is the large cast. It's an ensemble picture that suffers from not being able to fully develop its many characters. But it is populated with great performers headlined by Gemma Chan, Richard Madden, Angelina Jolie, Salma Hayek, Kit Harrington, Kamal Nanjiani, Leah McHugh, Brian Tyree Henry, Lauren Ridloff, Barry Keoghan, and Ma Dong Suk. The supporting cast includes Harish Patel, Haz Sleeman, and young Eastside Daniel Cross. The cast is truly wonderful. No particularly outstanding performances, but the actors themselves are all good enough to make any questionable material seem believable. Chloe Zhao does an exceptional job with the directing chores. I admire her use of actual physical locations in this age of shooting before a green or blue screen for an effects-driven picture such as this. 
there is an authentic look and feel to much of what she's put on screen. Yet another example of Marvel hiring a relatively unknown talent who elevates themselves by the work they produce. Zhao also co-wrote the screenplay, along with Patrick Burley and Ryan and Kaz Furpo. The screenwriters have threaded together a complex tale with numerous characters and made it, for the most part, manageable. In many ways, the movie is all over the place. The disjointed feel comes from the number of main characters and the regular flashback sequences. The final act delivers, although it isn't enough to redeem the film's shortcomings. There are some milestone moments for Marvel as they introduce their first openly gay character and same-sex couple. And there is a scene in which two main characters enjoy a moment of sexual intimacy, which has been unheard of in an MCU picture up until now. Yet another way this film distinguishes itself. One wonders if this more mature direction will continue for other Phase 4 movies. Talented composer Ramin Javadi provides a high-quality musical score that ends up being one of the better elements of the film. With a runtime of 2 hours and 37 minutes, it is exceptionally long in comparison to other MCU pictures, but it is well-paced. It's rated PG-13 for action, adventure, and drama. Unlike most Marvel films, I wouldn't describe it as a movie that is exactly kid-friendly. I think the rating is pretty much dead on. Take children younger than 13 at your own risk. Despite its convoluted narrative, I enjoyed the movie. As a fan of the comic book source material, I loved the usual Easter eggs that were included. You may expect two post-credit sequences. Don't get out of your seat too early. While I found it a satisfying movie-going experience, the convoluted story and problematic early acts detracted from what the filmmakers were attempting. An ambitious offering that doesn't quite achieve its objective. Two stars out of four. Ulysses Campbell for Fantastic Forum. All right, so the official FF review of Marvel Studios Eternals, which opens domestically on November 5th. So now it's time to introduce today's panel. And I am fortunate enough to be joined by Roberto Ortiz, Julian Lytle, and Mike Lunsford. Everybody, Welcome to the show. Glad uh, to be here. Thank you for having me back again. Oh, hey, you know, we're always going to have the uh, people that we love back and the people who have the wonderful opinions and uh, are just so great about the way that they express them. I it's, don't have opinions. What the heck are you talking about? <laughs> I rarely have opinions. <laughs> yeah, my friend. You I have, have facts. Uh, yeah. That's all I have. Oh, wait, so... so Puerto Rican women are crazy as a oh, fact. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course it is. <laughs> Mike Lunsford, how are you today? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Well, hey, Mike. Mike. Hi. There you go. So anyway, look, I thought that we would talk a little bit about the, uh, well, unless there's something else you guys wanted to delve into, I thought that we would get to that DC fandom yeah. because I, I, I mean, there was so much stuff that came out of there, you know? Oh, wait, okay. Uh, but Roberto? you know what's interesting? Yes. What I mm -hmm. find more interesting is the stuff that wasn't there. Huh. Like, well, that's you, interesting. You heard the, the squat about Green Lantern, the show that they're developing. And it's I'm too wondering. early. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's like, what's going on? Because I, I know casting has been done, and I know stuff is happening behind the scenes, so why are not seeing anything about that? So you're suspicious. Yeah. About why I think they... it's just, just because casting is done, no mean they started actually filming anything. Most everything was focused on stuff that's going to come out within the next, like, 18 months. 
good point. Which makes sense. Mm -hmm. You saw everything had footage. Yeah, yeah, true. And see, here I thought, Roberto, that you were going to talk about what you were most excited about. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm excited about a whole bunch of stuff I saw there. I actually think that the Chazam looks, movie looks, looks cool. The Black Adam movie looks good. The video games that are coming from DC look fantastic. I think they're they're running on all, all, all cylinders in a lot of the areas. So I'm looking forward. I, hell, I'm looking forward to the HBO Max show that is coming from them. So it should be fun. Tremendous. Well, I have felt... and probably because I'm not a gamer, but tremendous emphasis on the gaming yep. part, which as, well, I was going to say, Can't and wait. in fact, I notice your hat there, Mr. PlayStation, but you are somebody who really appreciates the gaming side of it, not simply as a player, but somebody who is observant of the commerce involved in yeah. this thing because you were saying how much how much they get for these games like 80 bucks or something uh, now the new the new standard price for it um quote-unquote current gen which is kind of still considered next gen because no one can get the consoles yep <laughs> it's now 70 dollars mm. a game mm. per that's game not, that's yeah. not counting the special editions the dlc and all the stuff you can end up buying so like the last time i uh I regularly end up spending like the hundred dollars for like a game I really want to come out because I want the the season D DLC or mm -hmm. some costumes or something. And you know, with a superhero game, they gonna have costumes. It's not like other games where they just make it out of blue. They gonna have specific joints that if you really want, like like the new Guardians game. Mm -hmm. I want I want the blue Star Lord outfit. I don't want that goofy movie <laughs> outfit. I want the little joint with the fires symbol on it. Or when you get the Batman games or whatever, now nah, you want you might want the the Laker Batman with the little yellow outline around the bat symbol <laughs> and the purple on it, or you might want the classic new, new type Batman from the you know Silver Age with the mm -hmm. oval around it because that mm -hmm. joint might not be the Batman in there. But when that Suicide Squad drop, ooh, oh, that Suicide Squad versus versus Justice League, kill the yeah. Justice kill, League. Sorry, kill the Justice League. <laughs> Amanda Waller gave them a mission. That's so exciting, mission. But would you say specifically mm. that? things in terms of how DC approaches games change after Arkman Arkham, Arkham Asylum. Arkham yes. Asylum. Yes. That was a that was was one of the first times they actually had a legitimate hit in the modern era. Huh. And like I'm not talking like little hit. Like Huge. That is a landmark game of of a generation and people still talk about it and you can see its influence on a lot of things. So yeah, it changed everything. Yeah. I mean it was it was the most accurate depiction of what it was like to be Batman cuz it, it wasn't just a um and to what kind of what you were saying there Julian it wasn't just a good game. It was this is Batman. And before that it was like all you did was run around and punch stuff basically. But this one gave you detective mode and you were solving mysteries the entire time like he was a detective but he was also a badass too because you could do some pretty dope moves in that game yeah it was a, yeah and it, and it was fun that was the other thing is it wasn't like clinical in the sense where it was like well you have all this technical stuff to do no they incorporated all of it together you know i never could pass the, oh, ki the ki hold, killer cross stage hold that, that thought just one second because it's time for me to remind everyone that you're listening to Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM and streaming via WERA.FM. We are your community radio station. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Roberto Ortiz and Julian Lytle and Mike Lunsford. And we were just talking a little bit about some of the notices and notifications and stuff 
to come out of the recent DC Fandome event that was just held a week before last. I think it yeah. was yeah. two weeks but, ago at this yeah. point. Yeah, but uh, Roberto, please. The, the interesting thing is basically is how seriously DC basically is treating the video game market to the point that it, for them, is as important as everything else they're doing. Every everybody has to remember because it, it not necessarily people, people, Marvel. No, I would actually Wait, I completely. Uh, no, know, but, but a lot of things have changed within the last two years. But the argument I would make is specifically is that the best games coming from Marvel, ironically, are the ones that are coming from Sony, and it happens to be Spider-Man, which is fantastic, and the current the new Spider-Man game looks fantastic, but. What other Marvel properties basically they're developing in terms of gaming? Guardians just came out. It's pretty That's good. That's true. But the Midnight Sense comes out in four months. But I wasn't impressed specifically with what I saw with Square with the Avengers. It's like, eh. Well, they made Guardians. They have different houses. The Avengers game is actually a lot better than you think about it. I actually hope, well, I, I think some of the, the type of game that you saw in Avengers in terms of its multiplayer will be translated a bit differently in, in Suicide Squad Justice League. But the, mm -hmm. the first one, I believe, because the one that looks closer to being ready to ship is Gotham Knights. Yeah. So, and that looks good, you know, too. If, to follow off what Mike was talking about in terms of Arkham Asylum and, and the Batman game, since it, it, it follows that kind of, that world of, of, the, of more Batman focus since you play as the... But the the grown-up sidekicks and, and Robin. But that's a cool thing. You get to play with these awesome characters, and instead of only playing Batman, you basically get all this smaller sport of characters you can play. That's that awesome. Was, that was my main issue with the Arkham games. That, and I felt it was too easy to fight. Right. Uh, I was like, yo, Batman's cool and all, but he ain't got... He, Robin ain't playable from Jump. What's the point? <laughs> but You need Robin. But I like the fact that basically they, I got the impression also seeing from fandom that they're moving kind of away from the, it's not, I think they're beginning to find their voice specifically in terms of how the movie should be for DC Comics. Um, and they understand basically they don't have to be Marvel. They don't have to be basically whatever the hell Snyder was doing. And they're trying their own thing. And I like them for that. Uh, I'm. I'll tell you, for example, on TV, I'm really looking forward to the uh, Peacemaker TV show. Oh, wait a minute. Are we shifting are we, are we gears from the uh, video games? Oh. They only show two video games. So yeah. Oh, well, in that case, yeah. look. I'm two very big video oh, games. Oh, you tuned out. Oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't. He's going, <laughs> come on, no. He's going to wait until I uh, talk about it. It's telling the story. If I'd have tuned out, I wouldn't even have noticed when you switched gears. Oh, come on now. You know, we're like, you know, certain listening, like, blah, 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 game, 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 blah, 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 blah. Oh, and now on the TV side, it's like, oh, die. You are so funny. Not. Yeah. No, I honestly, I. Okay, you're going to force me to acknowledge that I don't really know how to play these games, and I and I I, I bought some games because you know we have a um, one of those things. <laughs> we, got, we got the thing you know for the kids. Hey, come on, there's some one so, of the joint he bought it some years back. Yeah, it? yeah, it's um. Which one is it? Well, it'll come. It, was to it me. that Coleco Vision? It's no, no, no. wait, it's, it's was ha, it within ha, the ha, last ha, seven television? years? Uh, no, it was within like the last ten years. It's it's so the, it could it's, be a PS3 or 360. No, 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 it's no, it's the other one or a PlayStation Four, or Xbox no, 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 One. It's an Xbox. 
It's an Xbox One. It might be Xbox 360. It might be Xbox. I think it's an Xbox 360. Oh, that's super old. Wow. Oh, okay. All right. Well, anyway, so yeah, we take it back. Hey, look, my kids. George W. Bush was in there. My kids are in their twenties now. All right, and we've had this for a while. They were playing it as youngsters, but you can play Arkham Asylum, though. Yeah. Ah, and we may have that game, but. I I got one of the Star Trek games, mm, and, but I got it from GameStop, and it didn't have the instructions, so I had to get the instructions from the internet. Yeah, I could not figure out how to make nothing work on this mm, thing. I got frustrated. Oh, okay. Well, nah. I did. I a good, a good game was. in a modern era. You, they will go through a process of showing you what to do while you're doing it yeah. and you'll know what to do i.e. Yeah. the Batman game you don't need instruction manual it'll tell you uh, what buttons to press and how to get to fair point then it will put yeah. you into the real stuff he's like hmm. the yeah, first mission is you yeah. Yeah, you punching some people up and yeah. Jim Gordon is like we have a problem once <laughs> <laughs> you actually understand what you're doing it's like now we gonna go for the first person that broke out you know they probably did that for people like me because one of the complaints they heard in the focus nah. groups would no. Nah, oh, okay. They did it because they want to save money on paper. <laughs> Whoa, got to be got to keep it a buck. Like they just stopped. They didn't want to print instruction manuals anymore. But but Yuli, one of well, the things I, I think Julian would agree is that the amount of money that they're making out of video games it's insane, right? It, it equals it, people. Fake, it equals it equals Hollywood. Yeah, it equals Hollywood a lot. Just just calculate if they could sell. If they could sell a million copies of a game in a week and each one costs sixty to seventy dollars, just how much money is that? How come more celebrities are not licensing their likenesses for video games? For example, why, why why would I want to why would I want to pay them for each sale? Ah, but, but I'm surprised that considering how aggressive the the agents are in Hollywood, that you know, if they're making an Avengers game the, with the Captain agent, America, the agents get they 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 represent the mocap actors. Ah, the agents don't nah. If I'm if I'm a game company, we Captain America. Well, Batman just needs to have black hair and blue eyes. Yep. All right. I don't need him mm-hmm. to look like Christian Edward Bell. from from yeah. Twilight. Yeah. In fact, you don't even want him to look like that because don't you have to give that guy some money? Then that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, why you want to you want to pay yeah. him some money? He's, be, he's sale. If you're trying to make money off of making video games. Paying um, Robert Downey Jr. to do the voice and likeness of, of Iron Man is just no, that's, no, that's I, I, less profit. You we are make. in yeah. agreement. It's just I'm surprised that the actors are not pushing harder on they this. Might, they might be like, oh, put me in this. And they're like, no, we got Nolan North here who's a star of voice and stuff. <laughs> We're going to use him to voice this. And all the people who play games know his voice. Yep. They'll buy it for that. There <laughs> like, oh. Oh no, no, no well, in this one. It's similar to what they're running into right now. Um, off topic for just a quick second, but like with the Super Mario movie they just announced, with like oh, this, have, yeah, action, oh, like God. this star-studded cast of actors, yeah, but like no voice actors, and like it's been, yeah, a yeah. point of contention for a lot of people who have like appreciated yeah. the actual voice actors, like Charles Martinet, who was the voice of or Martinet was the voice of uh, Mario for years. He has like a bit part in that movie and that's it. I've mm. never actually agreed with his voice of Mario and I, I think that was a a slight by Nintendo in Japan mm. that of the American fans who preferred Italian American sounding actors like Captain Lou Albino. Uh yeah. I yeah. expect yeah. Mario to actually sound like an Italian that lives in New York City in the Bronx and actually goes in to fix uh plumbing issues and then they change it to <laughs> oh to me, Mario, I'm going to win. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. He's not from the Brooklyn or the Bronx. 
I'm just a racist stereotype that basically from Japan. It, so, <laughs> all he does is make sounds. He just say, hey, whoo, hi, Bogorowin. That's it. He like Mickey Mouse at this point. And it's cool. But only problem is like, yo, why you got Chris Pratt? I know there's some Italian actors you can get out there. Some Italian American actors that be Mario that 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 got some some weight. Hmm. But I get it because Chris Pratt is mad good as cartoons. Emmett Bukowski is a fantastic uh, character. Guys, yeah. if you're gonna basically start, I'm gonna have to go a little bit back here. But if you're gonna blame people, blame DreamWorks for starting this nonsense of basically putting celebrities on. That uh, the celebrities doesn't bother. It's uh, just literally like because I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, I was watching a Blue Sky movie whose name escapes me right now. And Bejonce was doing one of the voices. Jesus, Joseph, and Mary. It's an Queen, Queen B was one of the worst voice performers I've ever heard in my life. Dude. Oh, Beyonce. No, Beyonce is just not good. Oh, my. Even, uh, even Buck in uh, the uh, What If series. I, why, can I, why am I blanking on the actor's name right now? Um... Sebastian Shaw, like not did not do a good job, or Sebastian Stan. Stan, yeah. Mm -hmm. I heard he didn't do, do his voice. voice. I thought it was somebody else. Was so flat. That was him. I yeah. thought it was somebody. Oh wow. Okay. Damn. Damn. Hey. Yeah, you're right, Mike. But yeah, we're actually getting on topic. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking, wait, I I, I don't remember uh, Super Mario coming out. Of <laughs> Bring it back in. Okay, going back to DC to, to get uh, back. Yeah. No, they actually they show some clips of know. uh. Mm -hmm. Of the actual DC cartoons with some of their voices. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but going back on, uh, you know, now can, uh, speaking of movies, uh, uh, changing topical, changing gears to movies, I actually very impressed on how uh, aggressive The Rock is, Dwayne Johnson, uh, with his projects. I can understand why Hollywood adores him. Jeez, he really is committed. In I know he's a producer too, but uh, even if it's a producer, the amount of commitment he has on the product is impressive well okay. they like him because people pay to see him you know <laughs> yeah but the level I mean, regardless of the level of commitment well, and that's he, great but he but, works you know. he's also produced he's a stake in it he works yeah. hard he built himself up he came from wrestling and when you get wrestling you got to get out there and you got to get the people into promote. it and he's actually promote, promote, promote. he's been successful for the last uh ever since fast five came out yeah because that's really when his his thing kicked in the high gear, mm -hmm. and if he's taking a stake and actually getting this made, yeah. oh no, he going he going to sell it with all his power. Yeah, and he work. is, and that's what impresses me. I've seen produce, uh, producers, uh, actor producers before, but makes me appreciate the effort he's doing with this movie. It's like hey, they started the show out with it. That that says a lot. They started fan on yeah. Black Adam. Yes, yeah. See, well, I had to put the voice on. For, I ain't got the I got the Ulysses voice. I had to put the the movie voice. But I, I and really, it looks good. Yes, I mean it from does. what I saw, you know. I, now I understand that they're taking a storyline from one of the comics. Yes, and Julian, you were explaining that. Fifty-two, to me. I believe. No, I, well, no, because that gets into a whole bunch. It's uh, it was the storyline which uh, after they rebooted Hawkman and huh. and Black Adam went to the JSA. He's like, I want to take back over my country. And the JSA, Hawkman and the JSA helped them take back over Kondok. And that happened around like 2003 or four. Wow. Was that, did you say it was Grant Morrison? No, no, it was no. Jeff Johns. Oh, Jeff at, um, Johns. Yeah. Back when he was, I think at that point, um, he had not lost his mind yet. James Robinson left, uh, left writing JSA on a regular basis. Um, yeah. But that's, that's the story, which is, 
it's clearly mostly inspired by because there's a certain point in which uh, Hawkman and the JSA are cool with him taking over, and then they start disagreeing, mm-hmm. and then it's JSA versus Black Adam. Oh, which in that mm-hmm. story, Black Adam comes out successful in kicking the JSA out. That's another reason why Hawkman looks to be so important because uh, he's the other main character in the story because he just recently was returned to being Hawkman after all that gobbledygook. In mm. which there was like yeah, four yeah. different Aquaman and they murdered <laughs> everything that happened was zero hour yeah. and yeah, yeah, yeah. But I like mm. the fact specifically that instead of the antagonist being the Justice League, which would have been what would have been expected by Hollywood, they decide to go with the GSA, which is way more obscure for mainstream audiences, and it's like it's a risk that they're introducing the GSA. But they've been priming it ready because remember they had JSA characters in Smallville. They've had JSA characters in Justice League Unlimited. Yeah. They've mm-hmm. had a few a very small number of Young Justice. They've been using them also in the in the CW Arrowverse. Yeah. And now they're a major factor of Stargirl. So like I think a little bit different to let's say how their competitors do it, where it's like all of a sudden yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy or The Eternals. Like wait, 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 huh? Huh? You can say <laughs> yeah. like you don't know, but you didn't see Hawkman before. He there was a Hulk. It been like three, four different Hawkman in different yeah. shows. Mm-hmm. And you all don't know it. And but love Hulk Girl because of the Justice League Unlimited. But I don't think she's in it though. They say they saving that. Uh, the <laughs> they saving is uh, you know that Pierre Brosnan is basically playing Doctor Fate, right? He's playing well, Kent he Nelson. Is playing, yeah, he is Doctor Fate. Yeah. Do you mm-hmm. think he's gonna stick with the character, or he's just oh, there? I to think he's gonna die. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm wondering. Cause he hmm. old. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he was sure excited about it on, on the video that they showed. No, he and, should be because I don't think it's over. It's just he won't be. He won't be Doctor Fate. He'll be the mentor of Doctor Fate when the new Doctor Fate goes into the helmet. He's like, I need help, and then the kid knows. Oh, I got you, son. It's gonna be great. <laughs> you know, Jay, oh, James Bond gonna be drinking magical liquor. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> well, the one thing that I noted was that Brosnan talked about his time on the James Bond movies. And wow. he was making a comparison. He's like, you know, so as to say, I've been involved with these big projects, multiple films before. And from that experience, what I see here is, yes, DC knows what they're doing. Dwayne Johnson, yes, wonderful thing. And it's all going to work out great. So I, I was particularly impressed by that. You know what broke my heart? That they announced the fact that when they show the Aquaman stuff looked really good, but they were talking about the other movie they were doing parallel with Aquaman that got canceled, The Trench. You know what that movie was about, right? Yeah, apparently that was going to be a uh, Black Manta movie. Yeah! That they, sh- they, they should have just said it was a Black Manta movie. Yeah! It's like, damn, I, I would love to see seen that. I, uh, think th- I, think they, I think they pulled that out on purpose. Oh, I think they said that. Oh, that was gonna be a black. That was gonna be a black. Uh, black Manta movie. So black people be like, "What? <laughs> y'all, y'all supposed to get a movie? <laughs> y'all fit to make this movie right now?" <laughs> he was Doctor Manhattan. He Morpheus. You better give him another movie. That's what. That's what they did. He Candyman. That's what they doing. They try to get people angry, and hype, <laughs> to force them to make Black Manta. James Wan think he's slick. <laughs> Ah, he was kind of slick. I mean, that wasn't exactly the old bait and switch, but it got he, he didn't choose to cancel it. They canceled it. Well, exactly. He gonna 
See, he took He's that little trick from Snyder. Know. Like, <laughs> man, you know, I really wanted to do this movie that's really about black men talk. <laughs> oh! <laughs> All of a sudden, everybody's like spoons drop on the pit. What? Calculator. Well, on that note, <laughs> that musical cue means that it's time for us to take a short break because Fantastic Forum comes to you via WERA in Arlington, Virginia. We're a community radio station. We're non-commercial. We rely on the ongoing generosity of our underwriters, sponsors, and listeners like you for the totality of the operation of the radio station. Visit the website at WERA.FM or that of our parent organization, Arlington Independent Media, at ArlingtonMedia.org. Find out how you can make your tax-deductible gift today. So we're going to step aside for a couple of moments, but... Don't go anywhere, because there's a lot more Fantastic Forum yet to come. Stay tuned. And we're back here on the Fantastic Forum on WERA, 96.7 FM, and streaming via WERA.FM. Radio Arlington. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Mike Lunsford and Julian Lytle and Roberto Ortiz. We have been talking about the... Well, we've actually been talking about a whole bunch of stuff. But the intention was that we were going to be talking about DC Fandom. That's correct. So we had actually gotten to it because we were talking about the upcoming movie with Dwayne The Rock Johnson, yep. Black Adam. Which looks really which, good. Yeah, and I was going to say, that's one of those that I personally am really looking forward to. I thought that here in the second half of the show, we might talk a little bit about those projects that came out of Fandome about which we are particularly excited. And I'm going to start. And I can tell you that it was that Matt Reeves Batman, excuse me, The Batman movie. Because I was looking at that trailer, and I had to watch it again just sort of to refresh my memory today. And I, because I didn't really remember it as well. I knew it was badass, (laughs) but I just, I hadn't really looked at it. I mean, all the different stuff. You got Zoe Kravitz. Yeah. You got like... Batman kicking ass and he's like emo Batman or something. But I, I gotta say, with all the stuff, I mean, you know, Black Commissioner Gordon and all the stuff, but of everything in there, I, I think the way that they had it, the way they set it up was great because at the end, when uh, the Riddler blows up whatever in the heck it is and this yeah. huge explosion, he's driving away, he's like, ah, ha, 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 I got you! I got you! The and then all the... Oh, you mean oh, the, penguin. The, penguin. the penguin. Oh, that's the penguin. Yeah. Okay, all right. So, oh, the Riddler was you the other seen, guy. You no, ain't that, seen that's Colin no. Farrell. That's Colin yeah, Farrell. Yeah, on uh, the, that, yeah under makeup. a bunch of... Yes. I know, and he looks amazing. Okay. All right, well, yes, okay. So, the bad guy. And he's, <laughs> I got you! I got you! And then the Batmobile comes out of all the fire. And... That the, Dominic Toretto Batmobile. <laughs> <laughs> hey... It's that still muscle had, car. It still had fire coming out of the back. That's though. all you it's need. Like that's, it's yeah. a muscle car with fire. <laughs> Nothing beats family. You I, take that. I, <laughs> <laughs> I but, see what both of you guys did there. But here's the thing, though. Yeah. So when the car comes out of that, 
and Penguin looks at the look on his face. It's like, Because he's just been, I got you! I got, oh, I didn't get you, after all. <laughs> it was just, it was, it, was, it was such a fun moment for me. Well, the thing so, is, uh, yeah. it's basically the long Halloween, what they're adapting. Uh, the storyline from uh, Paul, oh uh, my god. Uh, Dini, Paul Dini. Paul Dini, No, yes. it's just it's Jeff Loeb Jeff Love, and uh, sorry. Tim Sale. And Tim Sale, yes. I and think it's inspired by some parts because Batman Begins was also inspired yeah. by the Long Halloween. But yeah, but I like the fact that uh, Matt sale, that's right. yeah. yeah, Matt Reeves was able to make his own. I it's kind of like a very hard act to follow to try to redo Batman again in a way that looks different, and I think he pulled it off. Well, here's the thing with that, and I think that a lot of people, especially modern audiences. Forget just how long Batman has been around. Batman yeah. uh, was basically the next guy after Superman that came out of the so-called House of Ideas. And over the last 80 years, yeah. <laughs> Batman has been, point. yeah, yeah, you know, but Batman has been done and redone and re-redone and re-re-re-redone and so many characters, so many actors have played him, whether you're talking about on the radio or in serials or in motion pictures or on television or cartoons. I mean, it's so so I really appreciate what yeah. you're saying, but when somebody says something like, well, Batman has been done so many times, it's hard to make it fresh, it's the most difficult thing in the universe uh, <laughs> to try yeah. and make this character I, I don't think actually no because mm. i think i think i think at this point and I, I think this is a strong point for dc that we'll see how well over time its competitor deals with this dc's characters are at this point like a james bond yes yes mm. yes mm -hmm. so he's right he's right um yeah there's a point at which we're willing to see somebody new as as, as batman just like we're like, yo, who who about to be Bond after Daniel Craig is over? Just like we're mm -hmm. like waiting, like who gonna be Superman? But, but it's just but, it's just about the takes. But like, they're ha they they're having do. their cake and eating it too because they're doing the Flash movie and they're bringing back the Michael Keaton Batman as a way and of ba and Ben Affleck. That's the thing. We get three, get, we get three Batman at like the same time. And I was basically telling Marvel, we can do that. And I'm pretty sure Marvel is going to do that from now on, too. And I, we heard the rumors on their end. But the fact that DC can do that, it's well, awesome. DC has been around longer. But who knows what Marvel's going to do. I don't and know about longer, but it's more I, like the... the interpret, there's, there's not as many interpretations. Well, except exactly. For, except for Spider-Man. Yes. Yes. I got to say, I'm in the same boat as you, Yuli. This, this one, it, it, I was by far the most excited about um yeah i was shocked at the black adam thing because i was like hey, it'll be fun but then after watching that trailer and what everybody was saying too how invested in this both financially and yeah. like you know his presence uh the rock is with this was just like wow okay this is not gonna be just some cash grab like this dude is is all in for this character yes and, like, thank you yeah. yeah, I'm I'm super excited about a, a character that I didn't. I mean, I know about him, but I was never really like. I you never hear anybody say, "Oh, my favorite character is Black Adam." Like, I think that he's gonna change that. Mm -hmm. I think I, I, are, I, yeah. You know, that's also how they whoa, kept. Whoa, 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 hold on! <laughs> oh, no, I sorry. know you're excited. Sorry. It's okay. Being excited. <laughs> Go on, Mike. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm super excited about the Matt Reeves, uh, the Batman film. It looks fantastic. 
uh, as a kid, one of the first like full stories that I ever read in the comic books was uh, the Long Halloween. I, I still remember like making a point to go get the whole series. Damn, and, you and said a kid, the whole Mike? Thing. I, I just I loved the heck out of Mike it. Mike Howler, and honestly, <laughs> if they end up doing different interpretations, oh my God, like my hey, let's take this great storyline <laughs> and do something different with it with a different director, like. I think it would be great. They've already said that this is not in the same universe as the main DCEU. Which is a great like, idea. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, so one of the things that, and this is just to piggyback on what you were saying, Mike, about Black Adam in terms of uh, Dwayne Johnson's commitment. Uh, yet another one of the things that impressed me and probably the biggest thing that I took away from that little video outside of Pierce Brosnan making the comparison with the James Bond films was when Dwayne Johnson said and he built it up a little bit but he's like I was born to play this role I wow. was like damn <laughs> I mean that's wow. the kind of thing you gotta I mean I just sat back in my chair when he said that it's like because whether he was or not the fact that he believes that tells me all I need to know about his level of commitment it's been, behind it's been this. 15 wow. years he's been trying to get this made for a long time. So I also think that since he's um effectively out of the family of my other beautiful <laughs> franchise, he could put a lot more eggs in his basket in this yes. and appear in other movies. Yes, as this character, I think he's more willing to like, yeah. Like, yeah, oh yeah, I'll be in whatever Dr. Fate movie or if you cuz you know the one we suspect is like Oh yeah, we gotta have the Shazam family versus Black Adam. You got to like yeah, you're gonna you have to see to. him beat all of them up. <laughs> but but the, here's you the know, thing. Wait 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 wait. wait, wait. Let's talk just a second. Wait, I just gotta throw this in because of what Julian was saying. Um, and and this was one of the lines that I was happier with uh, that I have written from a review. It was actually for the review in uh, for Rampage, huh. which was a completely forgettable movie. But I said that audiences never seem to tire of the affable former pro wrestler and this is key to all of this because he's not, he's not a former he's, no he's, he's still technically not retired I'm just, i stand that's my, correct that's my nitpick I he may never come corrected. back but until he's in the hall of fame <laughs> but he's not retired but here's the thing that i find fascinating about the whole thing have you noticed how they're keeping on their wraps hawkman and this is on purpose. There, there's even been set leaks, and they've been. Well, they've been like I, I, nobody. They, yeah, but there. In fact, there was there was a set picture that was leaked and that, got that very that quickly leak. got yes. And but but there there've been renderings, you know. I mean, and if you've seen this guy, I mean, you have some idea about what he's going to look. But like. the thing is, like, he's they, never been black before. But the whole no. cool thing is that Dwayne Johnson, I think, he's also a producer. This is why he didn't go against the Justice League. He went against the GSA because he knows he can get spin-offs out of every single character that he's presenting there, and he will be the producer for them. That's true. And if he can get Hawkman to be accepted by the mainstream, and he can uh, Dr. Fate, which would be awesome if they can do it right. And by the way, uh, another movie that is very exciting, we haven't talked about it yet, uh, is... Wait, uh, wait, wait. Hold on, then. <laughs> we haven't talked about it. It's time for me to remind everybody that you're listening to Fantastic Forum on WERA, 96.7 FM, and streaming via WERA.FM. We are Arlington. I'm Ulysses Campbell. I'm joined today by Roberto Ortiz and Mike Lunsford and Julian Lytle and Roberto. Blue Bill. Blue Be Did they say anything about Blue yes, Beetle? Yes, uh, they, they oh. showed the actor. He basically he was showing. They presented the director. They were talking basically 
how they're going to emphasize a lot the concept of a Latino family and how it's going to be the heart of the character. And I was like, oh, the um, the, the guy from uh, Cobra Kai is going to be Blue Beetle, isn't he? The, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. The, 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 essentially the main teen character, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was like a 10-minute segment or 10 to 15 minutes, about the same the same length as the Milestone Initiative segment. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a nice point where people was like, where are they going to talk about Blue? It's like, no. It was it was super Latin too. It was just, they just sitting there talking about how they're gonna bring the Latin culture to DC, to the EC universe, and how they're gonna bring all. I was like, look at that. They showed the suit. I was like, look at that. But that the impressive thing, and here's where I say, I said this last year, and I'm gonna say it again. Fandom impressed me more than Comic Con because fandom, I felt like it was on point. They knew what they were presenting. They knew how to, the individual target audiences they wanted to present and how to get boss going. And I like, for example, that when they were talking about uh, the project that I really cared about, which was uh, Blue Beetle, they talked about the two things I cared about, how they're going to present Latino families and I'm going to present the suit. And they show both. Mm -hmm. This is how well thought out the whole thing was. Mm -hmm. and how they started with Black Adam and they ended with the Batman. That's like, that's really something that's very well thought out in terms of... Uh, corporate representation and it didn't feel corporate which again blew my mind in terms of because it felt like it wasn't pandering to the fans it was fun comic con on the other hand i really was disappointed this year so but again i was disappointed last year so well i think part of that has more to do with the nature of uh, the comic-con event which is an inherently in-person kind of event and so uh, when yeah. you are trying to put together comic-con at home regardless of however well thought out it is it's not ever going to be able to approach the legend that is san diego comic-con yeah. I, I would say that but they could do a better job of Thank producing you. the panels as video panels versus the way they do that yeah but i do think that the 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 pivot last year into doing fandom being it being successful as it was mm -hmm. yeah them learning for what they they did in terms of the two day, two different time for the comics and this, mm. and the, to the one big because if you people notice like this was actually shorter than the original fandom mm. by about like two and a half three hours, mm -hmm. but it packed everything you needed to know in that. Yeah, and it was just, it's all it's it's one thing for like an organization that's technically a non for profit trying to work with all these different organizations and institutions to do these things versus Warner Bros. is just like all. Here's the here's the budget. Here's the money. Here's the resources. Make this compelling four and a half hour long video that we're going to stream on all outlets and everyone can talk about. I haven't checked it, but like a week ago they said it, it was a success. It has sixty six million wow. impressions mm. online. It's been a week later. It could have more. Mm -hmm. So I sit there. I think about this as like eventually y'all gonna catch up. Y'all gonna copy the rest of being into. Uh, the rest of the media because some of this stuff has already been happening in gaming over the years Nintendo mm -hmm. kind of started yeah. it with their Nintendo Directs and it just seems more and more people are starting to copy that we ain't gotta go to these conventions we want to reach the people we yeah. want to do these video products hmm. and, and they're very all so, I needed to do he's right hmm. and it's so well done because it's like the Aquaman panel they, they didn't have footage to show instead of coming up with a lazy ass excuse oh we'll have nothing to show they show a ton of behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, they just had Jason Moore do what he do online anyway. Yeah. Mm -hmm. just, show, just be nice and just tell what you be doing. Yeah. 
And then they hit us with the the flash thing. Which yes. Like, we don't have anything, man. I wish we had a little something. He was like, it's a whole teaser. It's got a whole bunch of footage. <laughs> oh, this little thing? No big deal. So oh, like, yeah, everybody online. No big deal. What do you mean? Larry's in there with himself. He got the suit on. Supergirl standing there. Michael Keaton is talking. Yeah. I see the bad ears. Oh, I'm tight. You got me. You shocked me. <laughs> well, I think, it, like you're saying, Julian, it all goes to marketing. And yeah. if we're looking at the future of all of this, then it, out of necessity, is going to be events more like DC Fandom. Because as, as great as Comic-Con is, well, I've only been once. And there are a lot of people who don't go to that event and so if you don't go you and you ain't them? sitting there in hall h well there are a variety of reasons why people might not go i mean it's Cost always too much money Thank i you. was getting ready to say the number one for me has always as, been as the level of financial been, commitment mm. i don't like hall h i'm supposed to wait all night literally people camp out all yeah. night to get into one little busted looking hall to sit out and watch people talk nah man it's a convention. There's stuff to buy. There's people to see. There's mm-hmm. good yeah. food to eat in Southern California. They got beaches. They got beaches with great weather. <laughs> Why am I? No, I'm never sleeping overnight to get in there to, to learn something. I could just watch IGN for five minutes and know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Fandom, it's, different. It, it's honestly, though, it's the same thing as anything else. It's not, for so many people with the, the Hall H thing, it's, it's clout. I was there. I saw it. Mm. I'm first. And it's not uh, about the content. And that's the issue that I have with uh, San Diego Comic-Con across the board. Yeah. Is it's no longer about the the actual like news and the re- reveals or anything like that. It's all about like it's it's basically look where I was. Look what I'm doing. And it's and half the time you can get better information elsewhere. Thank you. And mm-hmm. and the problem specifically is that it's not healthy for either the geek community or for the corporations because the corporations basically want to get their message across and for the geek community you're creating basically this artificial level of uh, gatekeeping that it's honestly annoying and not healthy to a healthy geek community Uh, i really feel strongly about that um i was no i i'm I'm 100 with you man same like it's it's frustrating because even within people like us who talk about the geek community, if you haven't been to San Diego Comic-Con, there are so many people who will turn their noses up at you and just be like, oh, you've never been? Oh, like, okay. Oh, well, I, I know who you're talking about, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And let, let that I name go up. <laughs> well, just, I just happen to know is <laughs> all it is. But no, I, 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 I don't know. And I've been six, seven times uh, for free. Damn. Can they match me with that? Damn. I love flexing on people because they wear the flex. It's like, you get your hotel for it, pay for it yet? No, nah, you haven't. Oh, I'm sorry, boo boo. You got a good flex. You know, I, <laughs> you got I, a good flex. I, I'm reminded of a story. Hey, no lie, it's a good um, flex. It totally is. Yeah. <laughs> well, but here's the thing, though, and and uh, I'm sorry because you're so excited, and know, I'm excited I, I, watching I, you. I mean, he's jumping up and down in a chair. It's great. I have a good but, story about this. Story. Well, and we'll get right to that, but. I wanted to elaborate on something that we were just kind of alluding to, which is the relative healthy, unhealthy nature of geekdom, geekness, golden age of geeks and all this stuff. And I think we can agree that this stuff is completely unhealthy and particularly in terms of how different fans react. Uh, in fact, next week I want to talk about 
Jonathan Kent being by and oh, yeah. the reaction to the change from well, the change to rather truth, justice, and a better tomorrow because. Their fans out there that lost their minds when they heard that. And they're like, well, what do you mean? Truth, justice, and a better tomorrow. It's truth, justice, and the American way. And I'm like, well, wait, but what does that even mean? What is the American way that this exactly. is something that we want to be promoting? And why are you so incredibly dedicated? What do you have against a better tomorrow? You know, I mean, but there are so many people, and, and especially in Star Trek, and we're going to have to have another show on this because oh, I God. was... Oh, yeah, and I want to talk to you about explode. Prodigy because I, I watched no, it no, last no. night. But, yeah. but I'm about no. to explore because the yes. story I have about Kingdom has to do with Star Trek. Hit it. Come on. In the 70s, as you know, there was a ton of conventions that were basically helped Star Trek come back. Right? Oh, yeah. Okay. So this guy who is a friend of, who I follow on, on Facebook is a writer, and he said that he went to the one of his first conventions in the 70s, and he was so excited that he was in the convention, blah, blah, blah. And then he was talking to people in the room and the floor, and he was telling to them, oh, cool. Yes, I consider to me a Trekkie. And then somebody came to him and gate the gatekeeping to him mm -hmm. and said, no, it's a Trekker. It's not a Trekkie. And he was like, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, so that's not to make me a true Star Trek fan. I guess not. He left. And then somebody said, do you know who you were talking to? He's like, no, that's David Gerald. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote Trolls with Trebles with Trebles. Yeah, you know, established sci-fi writer. You just yeah. gatekeep it, the guy mm -hmm. who wrote one of the most important episodes of Star Trek. And it's that's... all about clout for them. Thank it's you. not about trying to share or in... in the be one of the best things about being nerdy and geeky is, is doing what we're doing right now is I can hear how excited you are about things, Roberto. I can hear how excited Julian is about things and me being just as excited about those things. That's fantastic. But there's nothing worse than you being excited about somebody and somebody else looking at you and finding a way to try to smash that down. I know. And yes. trying to build themselves up mm. by smashing you down. And that's the problem. And that's a sociological issue more so than the geeky issue. Don't get me mm. started. It's like... No, tell me about it. You know, but And particularly, I think this manifests itself with Star Trek because of the new Star Trek. You know, I mean, you know, you've and Paramount has made a commitment mm -hmm. to furthering the Star Trek universe because they've recognized and I'm told that Paramount, they call it the franchise, but they've recognized that this is a cash cow for them. No. And uh, yeah, well, hey, but who and I was saying to somebody, though, who would have thought that, you know, after 55 years that this thing would even still be around because that's part of the problem because it, this was a show that basically lived beyond itself to the point where people idolize it people like me i'll grant you but that was 55 years ago and what you could do television wise is so much bigger and grander today in terms of the appearance of this stuff. Star Trek was one of the most expensive shows on television at the time, but you look at it now and it looks really cheap in terms of the sets and the effects and the costumes and all that. But they were spending like the equivalent of about a million dollars an episode. And this was what it bought back then. And part of the problem is, especially with old head fans like me, is we want, it doesn't look like the old show. It should look like the old show. But there's no way you can make it look like the old show yeah. because modern audiences won't, they won't watch that. In fact, the remastered 
Star Trek original series episodes. I know of fans who say, the original effects look better. And I'm like, you're out of your mind. You will lie. Yeah, <laughs> you <yeah>. lie. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we could go on and on because we love this stuff, but we're out of time for this episode. I'd that like to fun. thank, yeah, well, it always is, thanks to you guys. I'd like to thank my panelists and you too for tuning in. Of course, Fantastic Forum is also a television show. You can check it out online if you go to the website at fantasticforum.tv or check your local listings because it might actually be on in your area. Also, you can listen to the radio show. If you miss it for the regular airing here on Saturday afternoons, it's on again Thursdays right here on WERA from 3 to 4. The show is also available thanks to Mike Lunsford and our friends over at the Great Geek Refuge. As a podcast, you can download it on all those platforms where podcasts are available. And we'd like to know what you think. If you want to visit the website, shoot us an email. Hey, you can shoot me an email. It's producer at fantasticforum.tv because I'd love to get your input. And stay safe. Have a great weekend. Be sure to come back again next week. Same bat time, same bat station.